0: Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and his unique plan for your life. Hey, those are our kids. Aren't they adorable? They're the reason that we're here. They're a lot of the reason, and they're a lot of the reason that we're talking about what we're talking about this Christmas, unwrapped looking at all the things, the crazy things we do at Christmas, why we do them, where they came from. We're unwrapping the why behind the what so that our celebrations will reflect our faith. And here's a great statement of our faith. Philippians 2, 6 through 11 says, Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Have we ever really understood what that means? That God, the creator of the universe, everything we think is so big, he came as a tiny and very poor and very humble baby When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. Maybe sometimes we wonder if the things we do at Christmas have Any of this in them? Well, we can make sure that they do. I have a friend, an old friend from another town, who put a picture on Facebook the other day, and it was a picture of wrapping that she was doing. And she had these beautiful packages already under the tree, which made me feel a little behind, and these gorgeous bows. And I closed, you know, this is like a a close up of that. And I commented on her bows and she said, every one of those bows she makes with a hot glue gun. And she has burned fingers right now. Okay, well, I've just bought into the whole trend of using uh, jute or twine or something and making just like, and then I'm done. And my daughter tells me that's stylish, so I'm real happy with that. I don't know if I'm going back to, to hot glue bows. But I love that Michelle does it. Because I know that Michelle loves doing it. I know it's an act of love on her part that she does this for all these packages for her loved ones. Most people say, as we today look at the tradition of giving gifts, that all those shopping lists, all that bow making, all the wrapping, all the pocket emptying is because of the wise men. So let's look at them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Somehow these wise men seem to have already understood what Paul was going to write much later in Philippians, what we read earlier about the humble servant king who had come to save because they brought him gold. Gold is a precious metal today, but it would have been even more precious then. And no one would give it to a baby unless it was a baby king Who would do that? They must have had some divine understanding of who this was. And then frankincense. It came from a tree called the frankincense tree that was so sacred that only the purest of heart could even approach the tree or touch the tree. But the sap that came out of the tree would be turned into crystals that would be turned into an ingredient for oil that was used for anointing. And only a priest would use that oil to anoint. So it was a gift for a priest. It foreshadowed Jesus as a priest to us. And then myrrh. Myrrh is a resin used in burial ceremonies. It was anointing oil for a savior. It was rare. It was costly. It smelled sweet. It was the most unique gift they brought. But it was almost like taking a little coffin to a baby shower because it indicated they knew that he would die in his great work here on earth. So very meaningful, right? All these gifts. And it took them time. It was a sacrifice of a, a lot of treasure and a long, long journey to give these gifts. They may not have burned their fingers with a glue gun, but they sacrificed and gave with love. Today, you and I have definitely latched on to the tradition of gift-giving. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Mm Maybe Christmas. He thought, doesn't come from a storm. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Okay, I love that clip, but it's the wrong one. But yay, Grinch. (laughs) Here's the clip. It's the very, very beginning of the movie. And I don't remember movies. I think I remember them until I watch them again. And then I remember that I forgot them. And at the beginning of this movie, Cindy Lou, the little girl, is going through the marketplace with her dad, who's the postal worker in the town. And they're talking about how Whoville loves Christmas more than anybody else. And they're all decorated to the nines. And her daddy is shopping and has this long list. And she's just trying to keep up with them. And at the very end of that clip, there's this bunch of packages, and he pulls one of them out, and her face is there, and she says, Dad, don't you think this is a little much? And he says, what do you mean, Cindy Lou? This is what Christmas is all about. Later, maybe, we get to the Grinch. Don't you think Christmas means a little bit more? It's a great poem. Hold it in your mind. How did we get from the wise men to Cindy Lou saying, Dad, don't you think this is a little much? Is it we adults who are driving the chaos of Christmas? Do we need to back up and figure out how to put meaning into what we're doing? My dad is such a Grinch, and he gets it honestly from his dad, my grandpa, who every Christmas would be at our house with a frown on his face, and we'd say, Grandpa, what's the matter? And he says, I got my Christmas spirit. And that's just how it is at my house. Nobody's burning their fingers with the glue gun. They got their Christmas spirit. But we do love Jesus, and we want Jesus in our Christmas. But sometimes, in pursuing even in our best ways, pursuing the sacred, we lose our joy, and we forget to love. So let's take a deeper look at how we got here, the evolution of gifting. The gifts of the wise men were foretold even in Isaiah, which is interesting to me. They shall bring gold and frankincense, they shall bring good news the praises of the Lord. But before Jesus and before that time, there was already gift-giving going on at winter solstice, which is around the time of Christmas, December 21st, the shortest day of the year. The sun is out for the shortest period of time. A lot of them were pagan ceremonies like the Romans did something called Saturnalia. They were honoring the god Saturn. Doesn't that make you feel really good about Christmas? I hate to even tell you that. And they would give gifts as part of the celebration because they hoped that in giving a gift, they would have good fortune for the whole year. So it was a very selfish motivation for giving gifts. Then in the Middle Ages, though, after Christmas had been set at the time around winter solstice, wasn't December 21st, but they set it at December 25th, probably to maybe to try to convert some of the pagans by getting in the celebration with them. In the Middle Ages, there began the practice of giving to the poor. How much better than just giving because maybe I'll have good luck all year. And it started with St. Nicholas of Myra, 270 to 343 A.D., early, early on. He was a Christian bishop in Asia Minor. At the beginning of the 4th century, this legend about St. Nicholas, who was born very wealthy into a wealthy family, Walking around in the snow and giving gifts to poor children along the way became so popular that they began to celebrate St. Nicholas Day to honor his death. And uh, that was December 6th. It was the most exciting day for Christian children in Eastern and Central Europe. So you can see it starting to creep from uh, Europe in a little bit. Then this kind gesture, as so many things are, Good things become corrupted. Do you know what other rulers started to do? They decided that since the wise men took gifts to a king, and they were ruling or governing over any area of land, that shouldn't people be bringing gifts to them as kings as well? So they imposed sort of a taxation at Christmas, and all the poorest of the poor even had to bring their very best to the kings, even governors of different provinces. Unfortunately, later in time, in the 900s, the 1000s, good King wenceslaus you've heard people sing about him, he took on some of the tradition of St. Nicholas, and he started giving gifts to poor children in his kingdom, and he gave away firewood and food and clothing. And then William the Con- Conqueror came, the first Norman king of England, and he actually gave a large sum of money to the Pope. Whereas these rulers who had twisted the gift-giving around had even charged the church at Christmas. The church had to give money to them as rulers. Jesus surely loves this kind of giving, though, to the poor. He says in Matthew, Whatever you did for the least of these, you have done for me. That's why we do giving at Gateway. You can find it on the coffee shop stage and Christmas Eve to Starfish Kenya, our children at House of Hope, and monthly sponsorships. They mean so much, not only to the ones who receive, but they do even more for us who give. Can you believe that? Giving is a paradox. We think receiving will make us happy, that's why we make wish lists. But God knows, it's the generous heart, it's the love of a hot glue bow, that fills us up. The history of giving goes on in the 14 and 1500s, the time of Martin Luther. They gave anonymously, just like St. Nicholas, King Wenceslaus, and William the Conqueror. And then the Puritans came along. Pure Christianity. I love this thought, but look how far they took it. They did not agree with gift-giving, If the wise men only brought gifts to Jesus, and it was Jesus' birthday, why would we ourselves be the ones getting gifts? So they didn't give gifts to their children. They outlawed it. Do you see the public notice? Um, They even had this old, this is an old original notice that said you could be fined for exchanging gifts and greetings for celebrating Christmas by dressing up in fine clothing. I think of it as kind of the whole idea of God's name is so sacred, you don't even want to say it out loud. And in the Old Testament, it became Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. But people didn't even want to say his name out loud because it was so sacred. I think that's how they felt about Christmas. Because Christmas is a paradox, isn't it? We think of it as a time of joy and celebration. But why did Jesus have to come? Because this world is so corrupted. Like those rulers who twisted the scriptures, they twisted the giving, so that the poor had to give to the rich. We ourselves are a world of twisted souls. It is the saddest reality that we will ever encounter that we are fallen people. And so Christ came as a little baby to help fix that. And then we celebrate. So it's all of those things in one. Some families, though... um, Began, would give their children little gifts around January, was in January, in, in Epiphany, January 6th. That was considered to be 12 days after Jesus was born. And legend had it that the wise men arrived on that day and gave their gifts to Jesus. But we know, because last year I gave you a quiz on the wise men, and I know you remember all of it, that they couldn't have gotten there by then. But that doesn't matter. The legend is good. It's symbolic. Eventually... The Puritans were overridden. After the American Revolution, people did begin to celebrate Christmas. And in the 1820s, everything changed. With Clark, Clement Clark Moore's Twas The Night Before Christmas, we're all familiar with that tale. All of a sudden, children were being read a book in which they were being told in actual print that they were supposed to receive gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. And so what happened? All the parents had to coalesce into that one time, Santa came on Christmas Eve, right? Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol cemented that even more. Scrooge came about just in time on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, didn't he? And Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. And so with these two writings, the retailers of the time could smell a profit, and they started decorating their store windows and offering special sales, Santa began showing up, making special visits in stores just after the Civil War. And America became the center of a thriving Christmas gift-giving universe. Christmas presents caught on in England in the 1880s. And in the 1900s, the season started getting longer because of World War II. If you wanted your soldier on the battlefield half a world away, To get a Christmas gift in time for the holiday, you had to mail it at least, well, you had to mail it very early, the post office said, and so it backed Christmas up to Thanksgiving. That's why we now have Christmas decorations starting at least at Thanksgiving, and the whole season is a month long. It's interesting to know that everybody used to wrap their gifts in white tissue paper until this one store, the Hall Brothers store, ran out of white tissue paper one year. And so they started handing people these printed pieces of paper to wrap their gifts in that were supposed to be envelope liners. And it became so popular, they started printing more of that and selling it to wrap gifts in. And that store later became Hallmark. So there's a reason you watch Hallmark movies at Christmas, right? It's all about the wrapping paper. Today, shoppers spend more than $4 billion per Christmas shopping day, per day, or about $2.8 million each minute during the holiday season in the U.S. alone. The average person in the U.S. spends uh, more than $1,000 on Christmas gifts. That sounds low to me. Um, The Puritans would be appalled about this, wouldn't they? My father and grandfather are appalled (laughs) about this. Yet, it can be redeemed. There's so much more to Christmas giving than dollars and cents. A lot of times we just think of it as commercialism. We think of the stress. But when put in the proper perspective, these presents can open the door to sharing about the real meaning of Christmas, to um, helping people understand that Christ came not to take, but to give. And that his gift was the ultimate sacrifice. Now we don't have to be hyper-Christian about every gift we give. But we do have to step back and check our hearts about all of this. And check what are we putting in our children's hearts. Are we running around in a trail of chaos where our children can't even keep up with us? And are they themselves are questioning what we're doing? How are we leading What you may not know, which you do not know about my friend who made the bows and painstakingly, beautifully, and at the cost of her burned fingers, is that not only is this an annual gift of love for her, but it was a choice she had to make deliberately this year. And that is why I was so impressed with these pictures, because I know that earlier this year, Her beautiful, wonderful son, Will, who was born right around the time that our son, William, was born. He was an Eagle Scout, was in a freak accident on Lake of the Pines in East Texas where his sailboat mast ran into a sagging electrical line and he died. That's horrific. But Michelle is still making her bows and I'm imagining that as she does it, she's putting heart and soul and determination into it. Every bit of pain about her son not being with them this Christmas. Every bit of love for those that she's making those bows for. And a determined, intentional choice of what Christmas is going to be and mean for her and her family this year. If she can do that, so can you and I. So here are the three things I'd like to suggest for us this Christmas. To conceive, to believe, and to receive. Conceive of a Christ-centered christ centered Christmas. You don't have to abolish the traditions but we do need to step back, check our hearts and let Christ infuse our traditions including gift giving. Here are a few ideas from some friends of mine about gift giving. One, June said they abolished it at their home. That's a choice you can make. She said the day I walked in my children's rooms in February and saw gifts sitting around in boxes unused in their rooms. I decided we're not doing this anymore. She said, instead, we have a normal, pleasant day, not even a great big Christmas dinner, and then we experience something later as a family, like they'll go on a trip or something. That's one option. Another friend, Melanie, all of these friends are here in this church. Melanie told me a few years ago something that really struck me. She said, this has changed my Christmas shopping experience before I walk into the mall, which I hardly walk into the mall anymore. Now that there's buy with one click, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm all on board with that. And that, I think, is a very godly thing except for all the cardboard waste, right? And the small businesses. There's other things we can say. Okay, I'm just going with thank you for one click. She said, before I walk into the mall or shop, I say a little prayer. And I, th- I ask God to give me a sense of clarity about how much I'm spending, about what I'm buying, and it has gone so much better for me. I mean, nobody wants anyone to go into debt. That's so counterproductive. And if we can get things that mean things to people, that is enough, that shows them we love them, God will guide us if we ask him. Moderation, meaning, love. I'm reading a book called Sacred Holidays. This has been really helpful to me. It talks about all the different holidays. Plus, it's super cute. Sorry, guys. I know you love super cute too. You just don't want to admit it. But this book says, let's have less chaos, more Jesus. And it gives a lot of practical guidelines about getting rid of the chaos. Don't you think when we're chaotic, or we're in, when we're in the marketplace, when we're dragging our kids around, we are less able to share our love with others, we're certainly less able to receive love from Christ. Um, The last part of being intentional is I'd like to suggest that you do your daily reading, either from Gateway or some other source, but why not do the daily readings that we've given you on the bookmark, they're on our website, that walk you through scriptures having to do with Christmas this month. Then believe, This is the second suggestion I have. Believe in the goodness of God's gifts and believe that they are everywhere waiting for you to see them. I forget this. And I forget that sometimes gifts do not come in pretty wrapping paper. Sometimes they're not anything we think we want to open up. Here's the, the fill in the blank. Sometimes gifts don't come in the wrapping we want or expect. So adjust your Expectations. Trust that God knows how to give good gifts. The Bible says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does God want to give good gifts to you? And here's what I know He's giving you gifts every second of every day that you are rejecting. And I am rejecting. I had a friend come to town. I grew up with this friend, childhood friend. We've known each other decades. I bet we haven't seen each other in 20 years. I'm not even that old. I don't know how that happened. And Her husband, they live in Oklahoma now, her husband got a terrible cancer and a few weeks ago they took out a 26-pound cancerous tumor out of his abdomen. So he was at MD Anderson for a follow-up CAT scan and I met them there and had dinner with them. And her face the whole time was so lit up with joy. It was so wrong of her. I mean, this is terrible. You should be so upset and so disappointed. But instead, the entire dinner... She and her husband were recounting to me the beauty and the blessings of this season of their lives. She said, and I know that they have struggled in their marriage terribly. And they have struggled with work. He's been out of work for years. And they said, use our story. We want it to help others. Cindy said, he is a changed man ever since he got his diagnosis. And then they said, our marriage has never been better. She doesn't want to lose him. She's afraid of that. She's sad about it. He is too. But in the face of that, they have joy on their faces because God is giving them gifts even in that ugly wrapped package. You and I can find the gifts of every day too. I was kind of ugly to a salesperson yesterday. I just was. My gift card had expired. I couldn't believe they couldn't do something about it. I haven't even told Randy because it was one he gave him. Don't tell him. It's the one he gave me, and it was a lot of money that, like, two gift cards had expired. One of them just this month. I tried to be nice. And then on the way home, I was listening to KSBJ, thank goodness. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and the song came on, Hallelujah, that's been adapted for Christmas season. And I thought about Michelle, and I thought, I bet Michelle, who lost Will... We'd like to be worried about losing a little money on some gift cards this year. Wow. Gifts. God is giving us gifts. I have breath in my lungs. I have whatever children I have. Whatever I don't have, I have something else. And no matter what, we have the reality of the baby in the manger that we never have been able to quite take in. So just work on that. If you're feeling empty this Christmas, just work on that. That will absolutely explode your soul. Believe in the goodness of God's gifts, Ex- expect them, look for them. They're everywhere. Mary and Joseph, they're a great example. They were all set up for a good life, a cute little house, a little family. All of a sudden, they're thrown into this scandalous situation. She's expecting a baby. Horrible for the time. They just have to be outcasts. But look at the gift from that ugly seeming rapper. The gift that tops all gifts of all time. The Christ child. They were the parents of God. You know Mary did you know that line when you kiss. Mary did you know when you kiss the face of that baby. You're kissing the face of God. It always gets me. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Finally, receive what God is giving you. This ties into the other two. We're just blocked off. I think that stress and chaos, you know, studies show that if you're stressed, you can't think very clearly. If we're stressed about our lists, about our houses looking good, about the money that we're spending, our brains shut down, our emotions shut down, we are closed off to God and other people. We have to let him open us up so that we can receive it's like the little girl who received a beautiful ring for christmas she unwrapped it threw the ring away and played with the box well that's cute in real life but it's not cute for you and me as grown ups to do when god has given us this treasure these daily gifts the huge gift of christ of himself of life to throw away the gift and play around the edges and say i'm a christian Because we are not receiving the abundance that he intends for us to receive. And people cannot see him through our lives because we're playing on the fringes. We're playing around with wrapping paper instead of putting the ring on and living with the abundance of what he came to give. Receive it. We have a choice to receive or reject God's gifts. And we cannot give unless we receive from God. We cannot truly give. Oh, we can buy a Barbie doll and give it to somebody. But that's not giving in the way that God wants us to give and that we want to give. Unless you put your own oxygen mask on first, you cannot help your neighbor to breathe. Then what God gives you will, without you even trying, overflow onto other people. And that is a real gift. Watch this. Yeah, you have a car. A car! And don't forget your coffee. You're the best. Amen. Isn't that good? Let's stand up as we get ready to leave here. Let's repeat this most well-known verse together and pray to God that it sinks in for us. The great gift of Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You can give by serving at Christmas Eve. Sign up there. By inviting people, putting a yard sign in your yard. Most of all, go to introdu- y'all are leaving. Go to introduction to discipleship, but they're all serving too. Go to introduction to discipleship. You cannot give what you do not have. We are called to be disciples of the baby in the manger, and that is the gift that we give to the world. Amen and go with baby Jesus. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.